selection from Calvert Library's digital collection, The Wild Robot, written by Peter Brown. Chapter 1. The Ocean Our story begins on the ocean, with wind and rain and thunder and lightning and waves. A hurricane roared and raged through the night, and in the middle of the chaos, a cargo ship was sinking down, down, down to the ocean floor. The ship left hundreds of crates floating on the surface. But as the hurricane thrashed and swirled and knocked them around, the crates also began sinking into the depths. One after another, they were swallowed up by the waves until only five crates remained. By the morning, the hurricane was gone. There were no clouds, no ships, no land in sight. There was only calm water and clear skies, and those five crates lazily bobbing along an ocean current. Days passed, and then a smudge of green appeared on the horizon. As the crates drifted closer, the soft green shapes slowly sharpened into the hard edges of a wild, rocky island. The first crate rode to shore on a tumbling, rumbling wave, and then crashed against the rocks with such force that the whole thing burst apart. Now, reader, what I haven't mentioned is that tightly packed inside each crate was a brand new robot. The cargo ship had been transporting hundreds of them before it was swept up in the storm. Now, only five robots were left. Actually, only four were left, because when that first crate crashed against the rocks, the robot inside shattered to pieces. The same thing happened to the next crate. It crashed against the rocks, and robot parts flew everywhere. Then it happened to the next crate, and the next. A robot head splashed into a tide pool. A robot foot skittered into the waves. And then came the last crate. It followed the same path as the others, but instead of crashing against the rocks, it sloshed against the remains of the first four crates. Soon, more waves were heaving it up out of the water. It soared through the air, spinning and glistening, until it slammed down onto a tall shelf of rock. The crate was cracked and crumpled, but the robot inside was safe. Chapter 2. The Otters The island's northern shore had become something of a robot grave site. Scattered across the rocks were the broken bodies of four dead robots. They sparkled in the early morning light, and their sparkles caught the attention of some very curious creatures. A gang of sea otters was romping through the shallows when one of them noticed the sparkling objects. The otters all froze. They raised their noses to the wind, but they smelled only the sea. So they cautiously crept over the rocks to take a closer look. The gang slowly approached a robot torso. The biggest otter stuck out his paw, swatted the heavy thing, and quickly jumped back. But nothing happened. So they wriggled over to a robot hand. Another brave otter stuck out her paw and flipped the hand over. It made a lovely clinking sound on the rocks, 
and the otters squeaked with delight. They spread out and played with robot arms and legs and feet. More hands were flipped. One of the otters discovered a robot head in a tide pool, and they all dove in and took turns rolling it along the bottom. And then they spotted something else. Overlooking the gravesite was the one surviving crate. Its sides were scraped and dented, and a wide gash ran across its top. The otters scampered up the rocks and climbed onto the big box. Ten furry faces poked through the gash, eager to see what was inside. What they saw was another brand new robot. But this robot was different from the others. It was still in one piece, and it was surrounded by spongy packing foam. The otters reached through the gash and tore at the foam. It was so soft and squishy, they squeaked as they snatched at the fluffy stuff. Shreds of it floated away on the sea breeze, and in all the excitement, one of their paws accidentally slapped an important little button on the back of the robot's head. Click. It took a while for the otters to realize that something was happening inside the crate, but a moment later, they heard it. A slow whirring sound. Everyone stopped and stared, and then the robot opened her eyes. Chapter 3. The Robot The robot's computer brain booted up. Her programs began coming online, and then, still packed in her crate, she automatically started to speak. Hello, I am Rosam, Unit 7134, but you may call me Roz. While my robotic systems are activating, I will tell you about myself. Once fully activated, I will be able to move and communicate and learn. Simply give me a task, and I will complete it. Over time, I will find better ways of completing my tasks. I will become a better robot. When I am not needed, I will stay out of the way and keep myself in good working order. Thank you for your time. I am now fully activated. Chapter 4 The Robot Hatches As you might know, robots don't really feel emotions. Not the way animals do. And yet, as she sat in her crumpled crate, Roz felt something like curiosity. She was curious about the warm ball of light shining down from above. So her computer brain went to work, and she identified the light. It was the sun. The robot felt her body absorbing the sun's energy. With each passing minute, she felt more awake. When her battery was good and full, Roz looked around and realized that she was packed inside a crate. She tried to move her arms, but they were restrained by cords. So she applied more force. The motors in her arms hummed a little louder, and the cords snapped. Then she lifted her hands and pulled apart the crate. Like a hatchling breaking from a shell, Roz climbed out into the world. Chapter 5 The Robot Gravesite Those otters were now hiding behind a rock. Their round heads nervously poked up 
and they watched as a sparkling monster emerged from the crate. The monster slowly turned her head as she scanned the coastline. Her head turned and turned all the way around, and it didn't stop turning until she was looking right at the otters. Hello, otters. My name is Roz. The robot's voice was simply too much for the skittish creatures. The biggest otter squeaked, and the whole gang suddenly took off. They galloped back across the robot gravesite, flopped into the ocean, and raced through the waves just as fast as they could. Roz watched the otters go, but her eyes lingered on the sparkling objects that littered the shore. The objects looked strangely familiar. The robot swung her left leg forward, then her right. And just like that, she was taking her very first steps. She stomped away from her crate and over the rocks and through the gravesite until she was standing above a broken robot body. She leaned in and noticed the word Rosam lightly etched on the torso. She noticed the same word on all the torsos, including her own. Roz continued exploring the gravesite until a playful little ocean wave washed over the rocks. She automatically stepped away from it. Then a bigger wave sloshed toward her, and she stepped away again. And then a gigantic wave crashed over the rocks and engulfed the entire gravesite. Heavy water pounded against her body and knocked her to the ground, and her damage sensors flared for the first time. A moment later, the wave was gone, and Roz lay there, dripping and dented, and surrounded by dead robots. Roz could feel her survival instincts, the part of her computer brain that made her want to avoid danger and take care of herself so she could continue functioning properly. Her instincts were urging her to move away from the ocean. She carefully got to her feet and saw that, high above the shore, the land was bursting with trees and grasses and flowers. It looked lush and safe up there. It looked like a much better place for our robot. She had just one problem. To get up there, she would have to climb the sea cliffs. If you enjoyed this chapter and are hungry for more, this title is available in ebook and audiobook through Libby by Overdrive. If you're enjoying Book Bites, please don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if there are books or genres you'd like to hear, email us at calvertlibrarybookbites at gmail.com to let us know. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information and stay tuned for more book bites.